Hey, everyone. This is Brian Dodd, co-host of the Pursuit of Service podcast, and uh, we got an incredible special edition today. Uh, Jeff and I are going to get to interview one of our best friends, Mike Lynch. Uh, I'm biased, but the incomparable senior pastor of North Star Church in Kennesaw, Georgia. Uh, Mike has been the senior pastor there. He's part of the founding team and, and then has been the senior pastor now for, for approximately 25 years. And what makes Mike unique is several things, but where we're really going to focus the conversation on today is the incredible multiplicative value of investing in leaders. And then as you invest in leaders, you naturally or as a byproduct have now invested in everyone they invest in. So Mike is one of the best at that. You're going to hear some of the things that he's doing, some of his systems, some of his thought processes behind it. And you'll get to hear about the impact that he's making. I do want to say this personally about Mike. I, I visited North Star Church once and Mike, at the end of the service, stood up and he said these words. He goes, I don't think there's a nicer con congregation in America than North Star Church. And I remember driving home uh, from that service and I looked at my wife and I said, you know, sweetie, um, we've always heard the people are a picture of the leader. And yes, it makes complete sense. There's not a, a nicer congregation in America than North Star because I honestly don't think there's a nicer person, much less pastor in America than Mike Lynch. And I just think that uh, plays out. You're going you're gonna to sense that and feel that as we have the conversation. Uh, by the way, the content's going to be incredible. So however you take notes uh, on your computer, on your tablet, your iPhone, notepad, uh, however you take notes, lean back and you're going to learn how to invest in leaders. And uh, it's a privilege to bring this, this guest to you. And let's get ready to learn from Mike Lynch, Senior Pastor of North Star Church. Well, Mike, Brian, how's everything going today, guys? It's going great. How are you doing? Listen, after Brian's intro, it is awesome. It's a, <laughs> the best day I've had all week, man. I need to record this for Ann and play it for my wife. I didn't think she believes all that stuff. So I appreciate that, Brian. Yeah, but, I uh, always doing say, great and glad to be on here, Jeff. I always say with Brian, as well as um, Ike Reichert, who both of you know, you just leave um, after speaking with those guys feeling like, you know, the most important, smartest person in the world. And, and that's a testament to both of them. Well, I'll just say this. I always love getting credit for pointing out the obvious. No. So, you know, if, if I just get to point out, you know, what the basic facts of a situation are and then get credit for being a, being an encourager, okay, I'll take it, you know, but <laughs> it's not like I had anything to do with it, but it's certainly appreciated. So, Mike, great to have you on today. Great to be on. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for taking the time, Mike. Um you know, you do a lot of the community and a lot with focusing on leaders and, and really applying leadership. And uh, you and I had lunch last year and I just learned so much. And, and there's just so much uh, profound learning for me there. Uh, and, and some of those things are what we'll talk about. But as we get there, just talk a little bit about your journey and, and your path to get to where you are now. Absolutely. So I would say if there was a word to categorize my journey, it would be the word blessed. Uh, I think if that, if, if you could play out the word blessed, 
then you would say, well, that's, that's what the journey's been like. It's uh, great mom and dad growing up in Fayetteville, Georgia, just south of Atlanta. I was blessed to have a great pastor that Brian mentioned a few years ago, named a few minutes ago, named Ike Riker, that was my pastor growing up, who believed in me, who saw something in me. I was blessed to have other leaders that came around in my life at those critical junctures when your parents aren't the influence and you're looking for those outside influence. And I had a great pastor, I had a great youth pastor, ended up going to play baseball at Liberty University up in Virginia. And I was blessed to have that opportunity to go play for the legendary Bobby Richardson, former New York Yankee great. And uh, boy, I, I got to be there around greatness for, for three of the four years I was there. Uh, blessed to make great friends, blessed to meet my wife there. Moved to, uh, of course, baseball, you know, that, that road ends and uh, I got to figure out what I'm going to do for life and ended up going in student ministry and moved here to Atlanta to a great church here in, in Kennesaw, Georgia. Um, great first church. So I've gotten to serve two churches in my years since 1991. Uh, the church I served in as a student pastor who loved me. They loved my wife. They loved my son when he was born. And I was so blessed to meet so many incredible families. Then we planted North Star in 1997. And uh, we had this dream of creating a church for people who didn't go to church and we did it. And I can look back on that journey now of almost 25 years and say, we were blessed. So now I'm a parent of uh, a 27 year old, a 24 year old and uh, an amazing wife who works alongside me and in life and blessed is the word, Jeff. I've been super blessed. That's, that's a great story. Uh, one of the things that we talked about when we had lunch um, was your focus and you had an idea a few years ago on how you could have the greatest impact. So uh, tell us what that was uh, and what that's turned into now. You know, we were going into our 20th anniversary. This was in 2017. And we set a goal as a leadership team to help 10,000 people take their next step towards Christ in the next 10 years. And so pretty lofty goal. We, we didn't say everybody who's going to come to know the Lord, but we want to plant seeds and, and, and challenge and point people towards the Lord. Uh, but I really, it was so funny. We had that 20th anniversary service. And I remember telling Ann, I said, I believe the Lord's laid on my heart. That should be my goal that I should help personally 10,000 people do that. Well, at that point, I didn't know how that would be done. But I went back to something I had learned when I went through the spiritual leadership course by Henry Blackaby and Richard Blackaby is that if you want to change people, you change leaders and leaders change organizations. And so, you know, this, as, as Brian said, it's pointing out the obvious. So if I'm, a, if I'm going to help 10,000 people and I can't meet individually 10,000 people, then I'm going to have to go find the people that lead those people to influence those people. And that's how the journey began. And so a lot of what I do, the, the what of, of my ministry now was born out of a passion to lead leaders. Because if you want to catch the spirit, I heard Ray Johnston out in uh, San Diego say this, if you want to get the spiritual temperature of an organization, stick the thermometer in the leader's mouth. So if I can get those, if I can pour on the leaders, point them to Jesus and get them red hot for the Lord, then they can do the same for their people. So that, that is, that's sort of how it all came to be. Yeah. 
So, Mike, we'll, we'll get into just a moment how that's fleshing itself out at this current time. But, okay, you, you get this concept that, that came from the Blackaby Conference. And, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a concept as leaders we've always heard. If you want to add followers, that's addition. If you add leaders, that's multiplication. So we get that concept. But getting a concept and then taking the steps to see it come to life, mm. those are two different things. So coming out of the Blackaby event and understanding you now want to impact as many leaders as possible, what was some next steps you began to take to see that become a reality? You know, for for two, two years, Brian, I sat on it. You know, so that was in 2013, 2014 when I went through the Blackaby training I didn't know what that looked like because I looked at my schedule and I'm like, I don't have time. I, I've got, I'm busy enough with my role at North Star senior pastor. And, and Brian, you know, this very well, I've got a, a little side hobby of helping out with uh, high school baseball and high school football. So between those seasons, there's a lot of, a lot of free time. And, and it was an excuse to be honest. Um, in February of 2017, I lost my dad unexpectedly in May. I lost my mom. And I remember I was on vacation at uh, Orange Beach and I reached in my, I couldn't sleep it's three o'clock in the morning, I reached in my bag and I had a folder with ideas of how this could happen. And I thought, you know what? I have no excuses. I need to just give it a shot. And so the, the next step was for me, it was throwing out a fleece to a couple guys going, well, if they'd say they'd be on a podcast, I mean, you know, who am I to do a podcast? But if they'd said they'd be on it, then I'll do it. And I threw it out to the guys and they said, yeah, I'd love to be a guest. And so then I had to go, okay, then I've got to figure out how to do a podcast. And so I, I am definitely not a, a strategist personality. I'm a walk through the next open door personality and then figure it out when I get to the door. So, which drives people crazy, but that is how I'm hardwired. So a lot of that, Brian, I look back in the rearview mirror and I see how the Lord pieced it together. As I lived through it, I was walking through what I felt like was an open door. And well, that was, I'll, I'll let, it, that was how it all got going. Yeah, I'll let Jeff get to the next question here in a second. I, I want to provide the, the listeners a little context. Because uh, one thing that Mike does really, really well is, you know, he just said, I, I don't know how to do a podcast. You know, we all don't know how to do things. Mike does an incredible job of building a great team around him Amen. and bringing people around him who may speak into certain aspects. Um, I remember that I was privileged that we had a lunch in the conference room at North Star Church and you sat around and there was about a dozen of us in the room and you started pitching the idea of a lunch with a leader podcast and a lunch with a leader uh, luncheon, which we'll get into in just a little bit. But there were some really smart people in that room. Uh, not, I'm not counting me. There's some there's some smart people in that room, and we were able to to, to put together and really kind of add some flesh, you know, to this idea that you had. And it's just become something none of us ever envisioned. You know, completely a God story. Uh, but, but if you want to know how to make an idea become reality, get a good team around you. Amen. Amen. And uh, so Jeff, that probably leads us into some of the next questions there. 
Yeah, and I'd be remiss not to mention that that Lynch with the Leader is a fantastic podcast. So listeners, definitely go check it out. You might as well just subscribe and take my word for it. It's that good. Um, before we move on to to kind of those things in the application, um, for those not listening, Mike, can you describe or talk a little bit about the uh, Blackaby training that you went through? Because observationally, I'm thinking, you know, you've been in ministry for. 20 something years by then you've been the senior pastor of, um, North star for 10 or 15 years. So you, you were a pretty seasoned guy at that point. Um, and it sounds like you still got a lot of tremendous value out of it. Yeah. So that's a great point. Yeah. This was in 2013 that I went through the training. I got approached by a business leader, Jeff. Um, he asked me to do some coaching, some one-on-one coaching. He was a Chick-fil-A executive, lived over in the in the North Atlanta area, used to live in our community, had moved. And uh, he approached me and I'm, I, I just said, listen, I'm, I, I can help you with a curveball, a slider, a changeup, but I don't know how, how, how much I can coach you in business. You know a lot more. He was, a, he was one of the founding, he was within three years of being one of the founding guys. So he'd been at Chick-fil-A when they were in the trailers in their offices. Um, so he's a very seasoned, very sharp guy. And he said, no, 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 I want you to do it. So I'm, we're all the same. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to, I want to do it well. So I looked up coaching opportunities and Blackaby popped up. And so I thought, well, what's three days? I mean, you know, I can give up three days to go through this training. What I didn't know was I wasn't getting the training for him. I was getting the training for me. And I I was at a real spiritual, um, crisis point in my own journey of figuring out a lot of things uh, about leadership and my life and who I was. And I had the position of leader. I can't necessarily say I had the confidence in my position. How about that? Mm. Um, through a lot of things, but I went through that life-changing. I recommend it to anybody. It's incredibly affordable. You get a certificate, you know, that you, you have tools now in your tool bag. You really you could just say, well, I went through a training on it, but they offer you a year. So they said you could, you could go on and get a coaching, um, become a licensed coach, a life coach. And I thought, why not? I need to be challenged. I need to be pushed. You know, we all get out of school and, you know, in the role, in the roles you get to sometimes in life, people quit pushing you. Nobody's asking you hard questions. Nobody's pushing you to be better. Uh, so it got me in a thing I had to do for a year. And it was life changing in all kinds of areas. I get great tools that I get to use one-on-one with leaders. I don't have to use it for a profession, but I get to use it working with leaders. But the second part of that is I didn't know then I'd be doing a podcast and they're great ways to ask questions and they help you formulate different ways of asking things to get things out of people. Um, So I would say this for every leader, nobody's ever arrived. So we're either getting better or we're getting worse. Hmm. So those were just some tools for me to help get better and some ongoing things to help me get better in what I do. Well said. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for describing that. Um, Cause I, I always encourage folks too, that you should be striving and moving forward. And just like you said, if you're, if you're not moving forward, then, then you're sliding backward. Um, so you've developed this process in this community and, and sort of this niche of, 
ministering to leaders to have that impact that you described before. Um, what have you learned from leading and teaching leaders? Because Brian and I talk a lot about leadership in terms of leading your team and self-leadership and things like that, but uh, there's a little bit of a different dynamic when you're leading leaders. So what have you learned about that? I have learned, probably the biggest thing I've learned, Jeff, is all leaders want to be led to. And they are looking for something to make them better. I, the one thing I, and this goes from civic leaders to government leaders, to business leaders, to, to sports leaders, they all are in a striving of they've not, not arrived. And so they're looking for something to add tools to their toolbox. Hmm. And so I, Brian was referring to a meeting we hosted. And I remember pitching this idea and there was a gentleman in our group named Ira. Ira is out of the business world. He's been in the branding world for years and years and years. And I said, I, I really feel like I need to get a niche in the spiritual leadership market um, of helping leaders spiritually. And Ira said, well, you know how you do that. You're the first to arrive and you're the first to throw down their flag going, this is where you come to get spiritual leadership information. And so it's, it's a self-confidence that God put me in this position to help them be who God created them to be. And so we did that. We just said, listen, we're going to just throw our, we're going to pitch our tent and spiritual leadership. I'm not claiming to be a, I'm not claiming to be John Maxwell. There's only one John Maxwell and there's only one Oswald Sanders and, all those guys that have been the forerunners in this leadership market. But I believe God has created this time that I can help you with spiritual leadership and how, why did God put you where he put you? Hmm. And then to hone those skills from seeing my bigger why, that bigger purpose I was created for. And so that was the sort of the alleyway that I found and we've just sort of lived out of that the past few years in trying to help these leaders. And so what did I learn? These leaders are looking for something because they know, they know nobody's smart enough to be where they are. They all ended up where they were because God must've had a plan to get them there, but they want to use that influence the best they can. And so that's what I've learned. That's probably the biggest thing I've learned about these leaders. So good. Well, I've had the privilege, um, to be part of some of the initiatives that, that you're, that you lead. Uh, and uh, just, you know, when I say be a part of it, most of the time it's always an attendee, you know, one of the things I've had the privilege of attending is something called lunch with a leader. Okay. So that was one of the initiatives that came out of that time together. And, you know, it came out of that folder that you read at 3 AM at orange beach. Yeah. Tell us about what lunch with a leader is and the impact that it's had both at North Star and in the communities of Ackworth and Kennesaw. Yeah, you know, it's probably one of the most fun things I get to do. So Lunch with a Leader, we positioned it, you know, you look across at your community and there's business luncheons and there's all kinds of things going on and they're great organizing chamber events, but they're all around networking. They're all around meeting new people and adding value and to your community. So volunteer for this and do that. And they're all great. And we didn't want to be any of those things. I remember specifically, we had two guys in that initial meeting, one from one from each local business association. And I said, hear this, I'm not wanting to compete with 
these two organizations, Kennesaw Business and Acro, that, that's they're their own deal. But I'm wanting to creating a, I want to create a selfish event for leaders that they can come to selfishly. I don't need anything from them. I don't want anything from them. They don't have to volunteer for anything. And I think that was the secret sauce because they're tapped out. I mean, they, they, what they don't have is more energy to expend anywhere else, but they all need something. And so I believe that God has given us his word and left us these stories of great leaders and every leadership principle we need to know are all contained in their lives. So we're like, hey, let's just break apart a leader's life. So we took King David for that first year. We're going to break apart a leader's life. And we did in January, or I'm sorry, in December of 2017, we did a prototype event for an invited group. I think we had 20 people that I personally invited. The local Chick-fil-A said, I'll pay for it. And then at the end of it, we sat on a survey and said, is this something that would add value to your leadership? Yes or no? You're not gonna hurt my feelings. If you say no, then it's just one last thing I got to do. They all came back and said, absolutely, yes. So in January, we just started it. And what we've watched is mayors, police chiefs, principals, business leaders, coaching leaders in our community use it as a place to come to for a free lunch to bring some of their team and to learn leadership from God's perspective. And we do not hide that it's from God's perspective. I'm not, this isn't a bait and switch. It is, we're talking about spiritual leadership. So this next one uh, that I'll be doing is how how a leader takes risk out of the life of Joshua. He's crossing the Jordan River. It's at flood stage. And so we'll talk about, part of being a leader is being risky. And so every month we do that and they sit around tables. And what we love, Jeff, is a school principal is sitting across from a young entrepreneur and the other person at the table happens to be a person that runs a corporation or a city mayor. And what they all learn is they're not in leadership alone. There's other people trying to be who they were created to be too and to lead like Jesus would in their organization. And it caught on, it worked. And so um, 75% originally, when we started 75% of the people coming did not attend North Star. So there weren't, we didn't advertise it as a church event. It is a community event for leaders in our community who want to exercise spiritual leadership. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna give the listeners a context of what this event looks like prior to COVID and, you know, everybody had to quarantine and do things online. There would literally be give or take a hundred community leaders at this event. And I would sit at a table and I would be there with an administrator from a local high school, sitting beside the administrator is a business leader. Sitting beside the business leader is somebody they brought to invest in their leadership. Sitting beside them is somebody from the police department and sitting beside them is, is like a local football coach, you know, from the local high school. So it became a very eclectic group of leaders. And I want to say something too, to support what Mike said, and then we'll get to Jeff's next question. I was very interested to see in this world where religion, well, not religion, Christianity could be offensive language or divisive language, or 
non-inclusive language. I was interested to see how that would play out. And Mike said it, he will start with, you know, a biblical leader and he will read a passage of scripture and say, as a leader, what do you think God's telling you about this situation? And it, it's, and to see what God has done through that event and the multiple and the, and the type of leaders and the type of influence that's in that room, uh, it, it really has been incredible. So if, if you're listening and you've got any desire to do something like that, learn from Mike, you know, take yeah. that step of faith and leave the results to God. So, Amen. yeah, a good friend out in Denver started one and they're blowing it out. And they did a little different model, yeah. but same principle and dude, they're killing it. They are killing in the middle of a work day, in the middle of the week, people, people are going, I know that I was created for something more. And we're just helping them discover what that more was. Mm, so good. And, and so you've clearly um, taken two unique concepts, that being leading leaders and ministering and teaching leaders and spiritual leadership and, and put those together in a great application. Uh, so how would you define spiritual leadership? We talk about leadership as in providing purpose, direction, motivation, team building towards a common goal define spiritual leadership for us. Yeah. Spiritual leadership, Jeff Blackaby would say spiritual leadership is moving people onto God's agenda. Hmm. Personal leadership's moving them onto my agenda. So in, in my agenda, I'm trying to advance. I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to get ahead in spiritual leadership. People aren't, people aren't a tool. They're the whole purpose you were created for. And my goal is to move them onto God's agenda and if that may mean a person in your organization, they move on from you to something better. Well, good. It, because it's going to grow their leadership. So that would be my biggest, that, that's probably the biggest definition difference would be it's we're I'm my, at the end of the day, it leadership is all about what did I do with my influence during the time that I had it? Because we all know leadership's temporary. Our role is temporary. So while I am that football coach that Brian recommend or uh, referenced, or I'm that police chief, or I'm that that realtor running a real estate office, during that time, God put me there for a, a a time and a purpose. So how do I use how do I use my time and purpose there to move people onto God's agenda? You that mentioned something there, kind of in in the passing of that great answer that I, I really want to to grab and, and hold on to Cause I think one of the biggest fallacies or mistakes that leaders have is this idea of wanting to keep their people. And you mentioned, you know, if someone's flourishing, growing, and they move on to bigger, better things. That's a good thing. And that's, that is almost the secret sauce because I see it so much in the corporate world and other places where, where I'm involved and what leadership is, is, is as a leader, if I, my, my goal is to make myself obsolete. And so if I have someone that outgrows their leadership position or skill set and makes themselves obsolete by way of a bigger and better opportunity, then yeah, I may lose a good teammate, you know, in the moment, but that's great success and opportunity to fill that because that person likely has been leading those to make himself obsolete and fill up, you know, fill him behind. Absolutely. 
So um, where where's the future of your ministry of leading leaders? What's next? It's a great question. That is a great question. Um, you know, I, th- I think the future is is just turning up the heat and reaching more people. I think so through the podcast and through our lunch with a leader, my goal is to reach more leaders and to raise the spiritual temperature of more leaders. And so that's where my passion comes from to grow the podcast, not to grow my name, because ultimately all I'm wanting to do is get people back to the Lord. And so we're pointing them back to who Christ is. And if I can use the tool of getting them to listen to a podcast with Ken Blanchard and hear Ken Blanchard say, I wish I'd have started this 30 years ago with the Lord. Well, if I can use that, to get this person to where they need to be, then let's go. So I would say where it's going is to reach more leaders and help influence more leaders to be that person that God created them to be. Well, I want to ask you in terms of reaching more leaders, I want to ask you about something that I think is a huge labor of love for you. And then I want to ask you a parenting question. Okay. All right. On Monday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, approximately on any given week, 50 to 60 baseball scouts and coaches um, show up for an online Bible study. And this is high school, college, minor leagues, professional, you know, all of them in in that range. Tell us about this Bible study, this unique audience that it is, how it started, and what you've learned by dealing with these alpha males that, that show up every week. You know, I learned, Brian, that I think there's a principle we say at North Star all the time. God never wastes our time and he never wastes our experiences. I, I was sitting at breakfast this morning with a guy going, so did you come out of the coaching world? I mean, what was your background? He was at visiting our church. Um, and what you learn is I, I had a passion. I played college baseball and I always felt like God's going to use that one day, but I truly did not know how he would use it in all of our worlds. The world is small, right? It is a small world. It's you get in the baseball world and whether it's professional to high school, somebody's connected to somebody really quickly. And about four or five years ago, I got approached by some guys and said, they said, listen, man, Mike, we we're pro scouts and we're one of them was college baseball coach. We can't get, we can't get plugged into a small group. We're always on the road for church. We don't have a network. And would you be willing, you have a love for the game of baseball, which we all have in common. You have a love for the Lord, which we all have in common. And you have a love for us because if you weren't doing what you were doing, you'd be doing what we're doing. Absolutely. So would you be willing to do a 30 minute Bible study every Monday morning? We're like, yeah, let's do it. Sounds good. So here's my view. Let me call time out on this. I know it's easy to listen to this and go, golly so you've got a podcast and you've got a lunch with a leader and you've got these these other leadership huddles that i do how do you have time to do that well if i have time to meet with people i have time to meet with leaders so if i'm gonna meet with people i'm gonna do best i can to spend as much time as i can meeting with leaders which goes back to a great team that brian talked about i've got I've got a great team at Northstar that helps meet with everybody. So it allows me to more to meet with leaders. So nine to nine 30 on Monday morning. Well, yeah, 
I can do that. Well, we'll just do it. Let's try it. So we had four to 14 guys for years. I mean, we, we were going a couple of years and the pandemic happened last spring. And one of the guys in the groups, a guy named Kevin Burrell is a phenomenal leader. Kevin fires off a note to the, our database of names, which had a pretty good database and to friends of his. And we literally went 14 to 40, 40 to 60, 60 to 80. So for a lot of the pandemic, we were up to 80 guys. They didn't have anywhere else to be. Kevin's like, you're not recruiting. You're not scouting. You're sitting at home. And, and here, and, he, and every, this, I get asked this all the time. How do you have time to prepare for that? I don't. It's the same message I did on Sunday. I put right. all the prep work in. All I'm doing is sitting in a small group on Monday mornings and doing a small group with a bunch of guys that I like. I don't even know most of them, but I sure they're, they're, they have a lot of other places to be and they choose to get on Zoom. So there's 55, 60 guys, as Brian said. And man, Brian, I think the biggest thing I've learned is that, is that there are people in every walk of life who are trying to be who Jesus created them to be. And they may wear a hat and have won a national title two years ago. But on Monday morning, when they get up, they're just like me and you. They're trying to figure this thing out. And so, and then the, the outside, the selfish part of it is I get to watch how these guys make each other better. And I get to watch, sometimes I hit mute and just listen to a dialogue that happens like happened this past Monday where guys just start sharing their stories and throwing out challenges. And man, you, I leave the call and I'm encouraged. And I get off, I'm trying to encourage these guys and pour to them and they're pouring into me and I'm becoming a better leader for how they're leading. So it has been, I mean, in, in some ways you, you feel like you're getting to be part of an acts um, spreading of the gospel in weird places. And you're watching the gospel go out in the world of baseball and uh, it's changing lives big time. Well, I, I remember you would talk about it and I would, I would, I would ask you, I'm like, can, can I just sit in the corner and listen to these guys, what they actually talk about? And, you know, you said, I'll just, here, I'll send you a link. And so I'm on there and I'm like, okay, this is the Holy of Holies. You know, I'm just going to lay low, all that kind of deal. Here's what I learned by looking at, at these individuals and you would get on there and you would know some of the names. I mean, so you're on there and uh, they were just like everybody else. You know, the prayer requests are my wife is sick or I've got a problem with my kid or, you know, they're thinking about eliminate it, the business term would be eliminating our department. That's right. You know, during COVID when the minor leagues were not meeting, I mean, we're praying for guys with their jobs, just like anybody else. And it is the same content that you use at North Star on Sunday. And here's what I learned. Yes, you'll do some baseball references. But at the end of the day, you just gave them Jesus, like if you were sitting down with me and Jeff. Yep. And it was just a guys, it was just a bunch of guys who were in the same industry, but they got the same content that anybody else would. That's right. And it's, it's, um, it's humbling in a lot of ways. I get on there because these guys, I know how busy they are. Monday is the, the reason we do it on Mondays. It's the common off day for coaches and scouts. They've played a weekend series in college. They got Monday, they're back at their university or they're scouts and they've done road warrior work all weekend. And Monday, they got to come home to get a little reprieve before they go out again on Tuesday. And so it became, the, it's a terrible morning for us. Awful. 
I, I mean, I'd rather do it any other day than Monday, but man, you watch what God's doing. And I told the group this, this past week, Jeff, I said, I wish I'd have the, I wish I did it a week before. Cause it's my content gets so much better listening to these guys and their application. And they, in fact, Clint hurdle, Brian wrote a post about it the other day. What was Clint's comment about sin this week, Brian, that was so good. Clint Hurdle, who used to, uh, you know, he was a, I mean, he was a minor league superstar and uh, he got injuries. So his career got cut short and he went into managing. He actually managed the Pittsburgh Pirates and, and some other clubs. Uh, so very well-known name in baseball circles. But he said this phrase, he said, sin is the greatest force multiplier I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And then he elaborated on that statement and said, as Christians, we're not, we're, we're called to be uncommon. Mm, yeah. So and, good. Uh, oh, so good, man. Well, let it me ask so you good. a parenting question. We'll turn it over to Jeff yeah. to, 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 to start bringing us home a little bit. So you have, you have two kids. They're, they're great. You know, Casey is the youth pastor there at North star. Mary Michael uh, was on staff at 12 stone for a while. She's at another church now, I think. Yep. Uh, so you, you raised two great kids, both of them in ministry. Um, how did you and Ann do that? <laughs> There's your nice, uh, very open question. Yeah. So that word I used earlier, blessed, you know, I, I know so many parents that did all the same things we did and maybe their kid chose a different path and they aren't walking with the Lord right now. And that parent was probably a heck of a lot better than we were. Um, for whatever reason, the Lord blessed us. And I go back to prayers of my, probably prayers of my parents and my grandparents, you know, for my children. Um, I, I look at it now and I, I, I would have never dreamed my son would have gone in ministry. I thought my daughter might. Um, but we, we had three goals when, when, when those kids were growing up and, and number one, I wanted them to love the Lord. Number two, I wanted them to love the church. And I wanted to love our family. And I said, if we can parent our kids and they, they, they have those three things, they could go do anything they want to do in life. And that's great. But I want them to love the Lord. I want them to love the church and I want them to love, and I want them to love our family. And that was a passion we had. And thankfully up until this point, you know, I said, they're 27 and 24, the, the Lord has honored those prayers. And, um, They've seen the tough side of ministry. They've seen tough years. They've seen, they've seen some tough times, but they never let those tough times determine whether or not God was good. And so for me, I I was interviewing a guy on my podcast, Jeff and Dave Barnes. He's an artist out of Nashville and Dave has been very successful in Nashville and his dad was a pastor. So I said, what did your dad do well that would cause you now to in your thirties and forties to be walking with Jesus? You saw the crap side of ministry. I mean, every, every, every occupation has got its bad side. And, uh, he says, you know, Mike, I, I think my dad just lived a functional faith. He lived the same faith that he would have, if he was an accountant, hmm. he just lived for Jesus. And I hope that's what we did for our kids. I hope I, I was on Monday who I said I pretended to be on Sunday, you know, and it was a functional faith where kids went, yeah, dad didn't make me do this. This is the life I chose. 
and we've just been blessed. We we've been blessed. And, and, and I sit back all the time and, and really, I think all of us would say it's in spite of us that the Lord blessed us. It sure wasn't anything. I think maybe we laid some good pathways, but the Lord was the one that guided their steps. So we're, we're very blessed to have two great kids. Well, much of leadership is uh, leading by example, and that's what parenting is as well. So, uh, Mike, this has been so tremendous. I'm gonna I'm gonna close out with one last question, and this is the "What advice would you give?" question. But I'm gonna take advantage of this tremendous opportunity to ask you a personal one. Okay. So, um, as you know, I'm an elder at Piedmont Church, and I, I teach Sunday school and and men's Bible study, and and help lead our men's ministry across the church, uh, which you've been so. Great to help us out with. Um, so, what advice would you give to someone like me who wants to shift that focus from general spiritual leadership to towards more, you know, leading leaders and, and focusing more on leaders? Because right now, my my teaching and my focus is broad, but I'd like to narrow it down to leaders. You know, my biggest challenge, Jeff, is continue to be a learner and pray for open doors. You know, mm. I look back at everything we're doing now. I don't know if I could have done 20 years ago when North Star was starting. I was too young. I wasn't ready. Um, I had to reach a point, I think, in my leadership where there was some, I had earned a lot of trust in leaders, with leaders. Um, and I would say, I feel like God is calling me into this arena. Okay, Lord, I'm going to equip myself. And I'm praying for open doors. And when you give me an open door, I'm walking through it. So mm -hmm. that would be my challenge to you. If you say, man, I'm called into being this for leaders, you equip, you learn all you can, you grow all you can, you listen all you can, you read all you can. Brian's a perfect example of this. And then you go, all right, Lord, now you begin to open the doors and I'm going to walk through that door when you open it. And so we go back to the baseball. That was not my idea to do the baseball Zoom Bible study. That was a bunch of guys' idea. Hmm. But I walked through the open door. Um, the, the podcast and others, other people had pitched ideas to me. Hey, why well, you ought to do that? Oh, yeah, yeah, I ought to do that. And I'd throw it in the file. Probably weren't even my idea. But I walked through. I equipped myself. And then I walked through the door. And so... And if, and if God doesn't want that door to be open yet, he'll let you know hmm. he'll. So I shared this at one of our last lunch with the leaders. We began this idea probably 15 years ago and I called it merge and it was going to be a business leaders breakfast, but I was going to do the exact same thing. And I had to cancel it because I had five people there and four of them were on staff with me. Hmm. All right. And the other one was me. And so I, my staff's like, we don't want to get up at 630. We'll hear you at 930. We don't need to be at 630. <laughs> there were no business leaders coming. Well, I canceled it. I created a daily drive home audio devotional. It's probably the best thing I've ever done. I created a guy's studio and I did a, a five-day sermon recap that you could drive home from work and listen to. Hmm. We quit doing it because nobody was picking up the CDs in the church bookstore. And Jamie, my administrator, he's a high D personality, is kind enough to say, dude, figure out what to do with these things, man. They're taking up the whole bookstore because nobody's taking them. <laughs> so I'm like, well, how about I quit doing it? He goes, that's a great idea because ain't nobody picking them up. But, but the reality was it wasn't time yet. And 2017 was time. Hmm. But I was willing to walk through the door and try it. And I was willing to fail. And I think every leader 
you had asked something at the beginning that ties in with us, Jeff. I think the greatest lesson I've learned from every leader that I've listened to on a podcast, or I've talked to on a podcast that I've interviewed for lunch with a leader or on that baseball call on Mondays or in a group that I meet with, everybody experiences failure. The great ones just keep getting back up. That's what I've learned. That's so good. So be willing to fail because that's just part of the journey. Well, well, thank you. That's so valuable for me and, and undoubtedly others as well. Well, you know, Mike, I, I just want to thank you for being on here. Uh, you know, here's what I want to say about Mike to all the listeners. Uh, Mike is obviously a great preacher, has obviously God has used him to build a great church. Uh, wonderful family man. God's given him incredible influence with leaders. But Mike and I have talked about this privately. But if you were to ask me, Brian, when you think of Mike Lynch, what is the number one thing you think about? This is the number one thing I think about. And I think this is important. And somebody probably needs to hear this today. Approximately 10 years ago, uh, there was a um, very just tragic incident that happened at North Star Church. And it really could have destroyed the church. It could have destroyed Mike personally. Mike didn't have anything to do with it. You know, just sometimes, you know, things get thrust upon you. And that was some of the tough times that Mike was referring to earlier. So every leader goes through a period of time in which God breaks them. And Mike went through that season, give or take about 10 years ago. And when I think about Mike, he is the epitome that when God takes you through a season of breaking, you will either come out better or you will come out bitter. And if you come out better, now that God has put you back together in all the right places, what he can do through your life can only be recorded in heaven. Mike is the picture, in my opinion, of how to handle unexpected tragedy or devastation or hardship that comes into your life and how to respond from that, how to grow from that and how to lead once you get on the other side of that. And uh, look, I, I know I can speak for Jeff. I'm just honored to call you a friend mm. and it's been great having you on the podcast. And, uh, I'd be totally remiss Lynch with a leader. We'll put a, we'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, that's Mike's podcast. I had the privilege of being like guest 42 or something like that. I guess Andy Stanley wasn't available that month. So I filled the slot <laughs> and, uh, you know, check out all of Mike's stuff and check out his YouTube channel with the snippets of the of the Lunch with a Leader podcast. If you live in the North Atlanta area, get on the Lunch with a Leader. Uh, you know, right now it's being done virtually, but that'll be live soon, I assume. And if you're if you're a baseball coach or scout, high school, minor league, college, professional level, reach out to Mike and uh, and get and talk to him about getting linked into that on Monday mornings. So Jeff, any final words as we wrap it up? Yeah, to the listeners, if you're wondering how I became involved in a conversation with these two great leaders, I'm wondering the same thing myself. So thank you both for taking the time, Mike. It's been tremendous. And uh, remember everyone, and Mike does it, uh, but serve others, not as a task, but as a purpose. Mm -hmm.